church. Are you glad to be here today? Come on, isn't that time of worship amazing? Build your church. I love to be a part of a church that's alive, and I feel like we are alive this morning. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Man, feels good, feels good. Look at somebody next to you and say, I'm so glad I sat by you today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now you can look at your second choice and say, I'm also glad I sat by you as well. <laughs> well, hey, listen, we're super glad you're in the room and joining us online. Can you let everybody know we welcome them online? Let them know how much we appreciate them and love them. The, uh, just a couple of things before we get going. Uh, after second service today, we have our grow, growth track and if you're interested in getting connected, learning the culture of our church, where we're going, what we believe, where you fit in that, uh, we would love for you to visit us after the second service so you have time to go home, get showered up, put on your whatever you wanna wear and come on back. And we'd love to hang out with you and some of our pastors will be there. I would love to meet you myself. So uh, if you're watching online, just come on down. We'd love to see you. So it'll be after second service. We're gonna be doing that. We'd love to have you. Here as well. So we're starting a new series today called uh, Field Guide. Field Guide. Anybody get one of these when you came in? Now these are our gift to you. The crowd is up today, obviously, because I think we're giving stuff away for free today. I, all right. So these are. We wanted you to take one of these as just a reminder for the next four weeks as we're trying to navigate your journey in life. And uh, in this. We just gave you the opportunity to prayer journal if you wanna write notes this week during the series, if you just wanna write things down that come to mind, things you wanna pray for, people you wanna pray for. We wanna give this our gift to you. We have a limited amount, so for all of you that were online, I don't know what to tell you, but for all of us that are here today, we have a limited supply, and so whatever. We would love for you to pick one of these up and just hang out with us uh, through this series. Now, I want to start this particular series uh, by telling you a true story. This really happened in my lifetime, and I hope it never happens again. Me and my brother were called to go to West Virginia to my Uncle Jack's funeral. Now, my Uncle Jack was an amazing, super funny really hillbilly guy that our family absolutely loves. There was no way that my brother and me were gonna miss the opportunity to play music, and my dad was gonna sing, and my brother and I were gonna play music at his funeral service. Well, my brother tells me, why don't you just, why don't you just ride with me? We'll go down together. And I said, okay, Landon, let's go. You've never led me wrong so far in life, which is not true. I said, okay, I'll ride with you. So we go down, we go down, and we are following a, GP, a GPS and uh, I'm gonna give you a warning. Never follow a GPS in West Virginia. I didn't know that, and I had to live something, had to go through something to get that little bit of wisdom. I just saved you a lot of heartache. While we're going through West Virginia, it tells us that there is a shorter route. You already are getting ahead of me, just relax tells us that there is a shorter route to Spencer, West Virginia. So me and my brother take a road, and I promise to the, on the Bible, this is the name of the road, it's called Folly Run. And if you know what the word folly means in the Bible, it means stupid. And we should have known right then, the preacher and me should have been like, I feel the Lord saying don't do this. 
But we turned and saw, I, I, I can't believe I have this, but I have some pictures to show you that I documented the journey. Okay, this first picture, you're gonna put it on screen, this first picture is what the road started. Like, that. this, this, is, this is West Virginia, y'all. <laughs> we took this road called Folly Run, and it started like that. As we continued, it then turned into this. As we continued further, I'm just going to show you that I had a GPS following that set at 0.6 miles. We were going to be out, and we, it was cutting off like 25 minutes. We were so ready. We we're like, oh, we're going to get this. And I'm just going to show you this last picture. This is what happened. I ain't making that up. We were in a Honda Civic in the mountains of West Virginia. Look at that. Look at the road. Now, I, would, I do have a video of the moment we got stuck. I was filming. And I can't play it in church because my brother ain't saved all the time. <laughs> I can't. I was wanting to. I thought, oh, my brother, why'd you say that stuff? We got stuck. And we had to start walking. I am not making this up. This is what we were following. Because here's the thing. That is me on the lonesome trail of West Virginia. I was not happy. That's why me and him were so far apart. We are walking and we are following because we didn't have any service. We could not get a hold of family, friends, nobody. And we were walking on hills and everything. And the GPS kept telling us, you were just like very close very close to getting done. Like, if you get down, you're gonna get to a main road. And then, you're right by Reedy, West Virginia. Maybe we can hitchhike. I'm telling you, this is the God's promise truth. We go all the way through, uh, we keep walking in the GPS, because you know if you don't have service, your GPS will still work. And so we're walking and our GPS says, uh, recalculating. <laughs> and it, I promise, I ain't making this up. It said two more miles. We are in the woods. We are going to die. My brother and me, and I ain't making this up, we couldn't go back because we couldn't get service, and we thought, let's just walk it. So we walked two miles in the woods following a GPS through, go back to that last picture. Go back to that last picture if you could for me, guys. That hill right there in front of us, <laughs> that was just one of many that we were, I'm telling you, there were trees down. It just... It was a road by the state of West Virginia still deems this a road, okay? Now, my family's from West Virginia. I love them, but somebody needs to get a new job, okay? I don't know who's in charge, but this is not a real road. We start walking, and we then get to a road in Reedy, West Virginia, okay? There's a construction crew. Me and my brother are in dress clothes, muddy at this point, and we have walked for miles in the mud. We left his car there. He has a, he's walking with a guitar, just so you know. We get to Reedy, West Virginia. There's a, there's a road crew there. And the road crew says, <laughs> we walk out and they said, boys. Yeah, he's calling right now. See that? <laughs> he looked at us and said, boys, looks like you ain't having a good day. I said, what gave it away? <laughs> what gave it away? Those boys said, I said, man, you, any of you got a phone? Oh, no, boy, ain't got no service out here. Why don't you just head down to the gas station and just get, and just, and just uh, right there, it's just a mile. I'm like, can you just give a brother a ride, please? My feet hurt. We have a guitar. We look like we've robbed and killed somebody coming out the woods with a guitar and all dressed up. So we start walking. 
and we get to gas station in Reedy, West Virginia. When I mean Reedy, West Virginia is as big as this room, I ain't making that up. We get to the gas station, we see a guy with a Chevy S10 truck, really tiny, and I say, hey man, please, please, please. My Uncle Jack died, he lives in Spencer. I know Jack Boggs. I'm like, okay, where am I at? Okay, Jack, he's dead, can you take us to him? I promise to God, we get in the truck, and I'm in the back seat, and those little, you know, that little back seat's turned sideways, and I'm sitting there like this with a bag. My brother's got a guitar in the back of the truck, and his seat isn't even latching. It's just sliding like this. It won't latch. We start driving, going through the mountains, and I'm telling you, as God's my witness, he's going like 80 around these hills. And I ain't making this part up. I, I even wondered if I should tell you this. While we're driving, he goes, boys, I hope you don't mind, but I drink and drive. <laughs> I ain't making that up, I promise to God. I thought, he's serious. He's taking us to Uncle Jack the other way. I'm gonna, <laughs> we ain't gonna see, I'm gonna see him in eternal glory. <laughs> Believe it or not, we ended up getting to the very end of that funeral service. We walked a total, and on the Bible, of seven miles. We get to that funeral service just in time, because they delayed it, waiting for us. We finally got a hold of him driving. We're like, hey, we're with this drunk guy driving all the way there. We'll be there in five minutes. We get there, and we played the very last song from Uncle Jack's Homegoing, and we played, we went to his graveside, and we ended up playing the song, uh, the uh, John Denver song. Everybody knows that song. Almost Heaven, West Virginia. Uh, yeah, Blue Ridge Mountains. Ain't almost heaven. That's a lot, okay? <laughs> but I say all that to tell you this that if it had not been for our GPS leading us, we would not have known what to do next, what to do next. And so, I want you to understand something from the beginning, is that we are all on a journey. We're all on a journey. And unfortunately, we all, at times, can get lost. You can get lost physically, you can be lost spiritually, you can be lost emotionally, and if I were to go around the room, there are many people here today that are recovering from missteps or taking folly runs in their own life. People that have lived through dire situations and circumstances and difficult moments. If I was to go around the room or to interview some people, there are many of us that are in different places in our journey. So over the next few weeks, allow me to be your tour guide through this journey called life and allow his word and his Holy Spirit to be the GPS for your next move. Now hear me today, I'm really big on the local church. If you've been listening to me preach now for the last four or five weeks, you know that I'm big on the local church. And so I believe in the next four weeks, this series, you've seen this language maybe in the past, maybe you've seen it online, maybe you've seen other churches use it. I really believe this is not just something a church can use to be cool or trendy. This is something every church should live by, these four principles we're gonna cover. And I want you to catch this. We're gonna talk through these four things for the next four weeks. Know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Every single church should be living by and creating a way that we can do this. And in fact, every person in the room is somewhere on this journey. Somewhere in this journey that you may be in the room today and you don't know God, that today our prayer is that you'll get to know God. Can I get an amen? amen. 
that our next prayer is that not only can you know God, but that you can find freedom. Because you'd be amazed by how many people love Jesus but are still stuck. And we want to walk you through that. As a GPS, another one is discover your purpose. We want to know why. You want to find out why you're here on the planet Earth. And then we want you to motivate or mobilize you to do something great and to make a difference. I've heard it said like this, that sometimes we gauge our churches by seeding capacity when maybe we need to gauge our churches by sending capacity. We got to make a difference. We got to make a difference. So I believe Today is the beginning of a new journey for you. Maybe all of you in the room maybe need to be reminded of this, but I want to walk you through. Today we're going to talk about no God. Everybody say no God. Now we're talking through, we're talking through, just got aquatic in here all of a sudden. I looked out and saw everybody looks blue. When you are going on a journey, we have all of these things today. I sent a message out to some of the team and they helped me out, so you'll be seeing this, and uh, JP is not going camping for the next four weeks, it looks like. But when you go on a journey, you need a couple of things. And the first thing I think we need is water. Water. You can't, you can't go far without, without water. Let me just show you this first. Jesus said, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. Isn't that the truth? No woman, no pill, no drug, nothing. When you got Jesus in your life, there's nothing like Jesus. Can I get a big amen? It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal, eternal life. Everybody say, no God. You do not want to do this journey called life without experiencing that life-giving water that comes in Jesus. You don't want to try to live your marriage, raise kids, have a career without knowing Jesus, in fact, let me show you this verse here. Some of these people, 1 Timothy 6, 21, have missed the most important thing in life. They don't know God. They know how to make money, right? They, they know how to make friends. Maybe they know how to network. Maybe they know how to do certain things, or maybe they know how to fix a car. Maybe they know how to impress people, but they don't know, they don't know God. Let me tell you this right now. The, for everyone, let me go back, that's not my point. For the most important thing, the most important thing in your life is to know God. The most important thing. I've heard it quoted that there is nothing you need more desperately in this universe than to know Christ, to accept him, what he has done for you, to build a relationship with him, to trust him, to be led by him. And great news, God wants to know you. That's great news today. And not only does he want to get to know you, but he wants you to experience abundant life. Yes. And you know, many of us may not be walking in the abundant life that God, that God has offered us. And I believe one of the main things, one of the main problems we face is this, that we are separated, hear this, separated from God by our default position when we're born. The Bible says that we are born in sin and shaped in iniquity, so we inherit without choice, without anything in our doing, we inherit sinful nature. Are you hearing me? Now, let me just show it to you. For everyone has sinned, and we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Everyone. Everyone. Not just some, not just the bad. Everyone has sinned. So catch this, 
This explains why we do certain things. This explains why the culture is the way it is. It is because we are deeply flawed, imperfect, broken people that no money, no relationship, and no government can fix. We are broken and hopeless depravity. You are born this way. You are, you are born broken. So this concept that we are inherently good and the system's broken and people don't see how good we are, the Bible says that the heart is the most deceiving thing above all things, even above the devil. Your heart is the most deceiving thing. So catch this, this new thing coming out that people are born good and the system is bad and the, and, the, and the process is bad and the government and oppression and all of this stuff. Hear me today. There are some injustices in the world. I understand. But the reality of it is we are broken. We are broken people. Now watch this. Now this is going to get heavy. I want you to really stay close to me. Ready? This is what it says. For the wages of sin is death. So the sin nature that you and I are born with, that we inherited, that we didn't ask for, that we didn't want, by default, we are bound to pay for it. Are you hearing this? Because God is a God of justice and a God of holiness. I grew up all the time where I heard that God is love, God is love, God is love. God is love, but he's also holy and he's also just. Because his holiness is with what the Bible says in heaven, the angels circle him for eternity saying, holy, 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 holy. God is perfect. God has no flaws, no, no imperfections. God is God and there's nobody else like God. He is, he is strong. He is mighty in his presence. The Bible says that the mountains melt like wax. God, he's holy. The next thing is that he's just, meaning that sin must be paid for because it's arrogance and pride in the nostrils of God. Are you seeing how disgusting our sin nature is to a holy and just God? But that's why love is so potent because not only is he just, not only is he holy, but he's also love. And he chose, watch this, but he chose to give the free gift of salvation in eternal life, Christ Jesus our Lord. Now he very well could have said, hey, I'm just and I'm holy and they're born in sin and we're done. They, they can pay for their own sin, but that's not what God does. We're born in sin, we are by default lost and without God and therefore bound to pay for our sins. And because God is justice, our sinful nature, actions must be penalized. Sin must be paid for. So I need you to hear me today. I want you to like really listen to the next sentence. You and I, our sin nature, we have to choose to decide today. You become accountable when you hear this next sentence. You have to decide today if you're gonna pay for your sin later or Jesus paid for your sin in the past. You have to decide. You have to decide. You either live your life for Christ knowing that you are free from the punishment of your sin, honoring him, following him, loving him, or you live your life your way and you just pay for your sin later. Is this heavy? I want you to hear me today. People can say, well, how do you pay for your sin? 
I'm glad you asked. Now, attendance will go down next week after I tell you this. Because this stuff right here doesn't grow a church. This stuff right here doesn't excite people. The next few moments of this sermon is not going to probably get a bunch of money in the offering and a bunch of people loving Pastor Ethan. But let me tell you something. Hell is real. Heaven is real. There is a place called hell without a darkness where scripture says that we have separation from God for all eternity. And there's a place called heaven where we can rejoice. The Bible said there's a city made without human hands. And right now, everybody in this room will live forever. You just have to decide where you're going to live forever. Well, Pastor Ethan, that doesn't sound very fair. That doesn't sound very fair. How could a loving God do that? Let me say something to you. You ready for this? this is, you're going to hate me. Here we go. All right, here we go. God's not fair. Listen to me. God's not fair. Jesus lived a perfect life without sin, without fault. He takes the punishment for our sin. We live in consistent, flawed, sinful, and we get the reward of his, of his righteousness. Let me, let me give it like this. Let's say that I go to jail for a action of sin that I did. I'm guilty, I did it. Evidence, witnesses, I did it and I'm going to jail. Okay, I go to jail. They put me in a jail cell and Jesus comes in and says, okay, uh, I know that you're condemned to death for the crime that you did. I know the evidence is against you. I know that witnesses have seen you. I know that you have even confessed that you did it. Open up this cell. He tells the guard to open the cell. The cell comes open. Jesus steps into the cell and pushes you out and closes the cell. Jesus didn't do the crime. Jesus didn't commit the sin. The Bible says he was tempted in all points like as we without sin. He was a perfect lamb. Goes in the jail cell, closes the door, and says, you go live free in my place, and I'll go die in yours. Watch this. God's not fair? Thankfully. Thankfully. Thankfully, God does not judge us according to our sin. Thankfully that when you accept Jesus Christ, God doesn't play fair and he says, you know what? I'm gonna send my son to die, to bleed, to become broken so that when you stand before me, because you do have an appointed time to stand before your Lord Jesus Christ. Whether you bowed your knee now or you will bow your knee later, hear me today. When I stand before God, I'm coming in the name of Jesus. I ain't coming in the name of Ethan. I'm coming under his blood because my sins have been washed away. Not because of anything I did, but because of a plan that God came up with to say, I know it ain't fair, and I know it ain't right, and I know it's confusing, and I know they're not going to believe it, but that's the gospel. It's too good to be true that God wrapped his son in flesh, sent him to the earth, and died a sinner's death, a man who did no sin, so that you and I can walk into heaven on his merit. You get in the party, not because you got the invitation, but because Jesus paid it all.
Can I get a little help? Have you ever paid a car off and they send you the note and the note says paid in full? Oh, doesn't that feel good? You're like, oh, babe, we're going out to eat tonight. <laughs> paid in full. You are debt free. That's what the cross is. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, he said, it is finished. What he was saying, they're debt free. No more do they have to live bound. No more do they have to live with punishment. My son died for them so that they can live in heaven with me. Come on, if there's anything to praise God about, that's something to say, I get to know God. <laughs> Hear me today, I've heard people say this, Pastor Ethan, why do bad things happen to good people? Hear me today. This may be a little much for you, but I want you to hear me. Why do bad things happen to good people? Watch me. That only happened one time, and he volunteered. That only happened one time, and he volunteered. He laid down his life. God's not fair, thankfully. Though he is just, though he is holy, I'm so thankful that he loves. I'm so thankful that he cares. I'm so thankful that he made the decision before the foundations of the earth. Yes. Watch this, Romans chapter five. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners, while he was aware that you were gonna cheat. He was aware you were going to lie. He was aware of your imperfections before you were aware of your imperfections. He was aware of your shortcomings. He was aware of your loss. He was aware of everything imperfect, imperfect about you, yet still decided to die for you. That's not fair. That's not fair, but that's grace. That's the gospel. And if there's anything you should be thankful about when the worship begins to go and the music begins to play, oh my, if there's anything to raise your hands and to jump up and down, it's because you're saved. It's because you don't have to go take the payment for your sin. Jesus already did it. Watch this. For by grace you have been saved through faith. In other words, grace is what he did Faith is what you do, and this is not your own doing. You didn't go to the cross. You didn't take the beating. You didn't take the spit. You didn't take the lashing. Watch this. It is a gift, not a reward. Right. Salvation ain't a reward or a trophy. It's a gift of God, not a result of your works, so that one may boast. Not a result of your works. Let me tell you this. You're saved by works, just not yours. Oh, man, this is so good. I'm about to run. I'm about to run. I was raised Pentecostal. I'm a... Am I going to get a snake? Just kidding. That's a joke. That's a joke. Alabama people are like, come on, Pastor Ethan, get a snake in here. I know you guys dance with snakes in Alabama. I've seen it on Netflix. Sand Mountain. Anyway, let's move on. You can't get in on your own merit. Oh, man, is that something to praise him about? Ain't that something to be happy about? That grace, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Amazing, it ain't amazing you. 
It ain't amazing me. It's amazing grace. Amazing Jesus came down and did it all for me so I can get in. Oh, man, ain't that something? So you may be wondering, how do I do it? How do I get to, how do I get to know God? Here's one way I'll help you today. Romans chapter 10 says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, not just say it with your mouth, but believe deep that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If there's a scripture someone needs to be thinking about today, the devil's been telling you, you ain't saved. No, 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 I'm saved. I'm saved because I believe and I declare that Jesus died for me. I believe in his, that what he did for me, I can be saved today. Now watch this, watch this. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Oh, that's so good. Openly declaring your faith. I think social media is a great place to openly declare your faith, by the way. I think there's places in your family you can say something. You don't gotta be like, hey, I'm gonna go pick it at the corner and scream John 3, 16. But you can openly declare your faith. What is one of the ways, what is one of the ways that you can declare, openly declare your faith? I wanna help you today, you ready? Absolutely nothing. I'm gonna keep messing that up every time. Baptism. Baptism. Everybody say baptism. baptism. Now listen, next week we're gonna be doing baptism, but I just wanna teach you on it for just a moment. Baptism is like a wedding ring. You may have heard somebody say this before, that a wedding ring is, doesn't necessarily make me married, but it proves and shows the world that I'm married. From this day forward, I'm forsaking all others to be with you and only you. When we decide to follow Jesus, we take on the symbol to demonstrate our devotion, and it is important that any covenant is sealed in the presence of witnesses, and salvation, I believe, is no different. So, I want to show you, you may be thinking, what's the importance of baptism? Here's why. Because Jesus was baptized. If God himself came to earth and was baptized, how much more do we need to be baptized? Paul was baptized in Acts chapter 9. Early believers in Acts chapter 2, verse 38 through 41 were baptized. All throughout the scripture, you can find accounts of people, once they accepted Christ, went straight to the water to be baptized. I want to show you this, and band, I'm ready, wherever you are. I'm ready to wrap this thing up. I've screamed and yelled and sweating already, and West Virginia's got me all worked up. <laughs> Jesus said this, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Jesus said this, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, verse 38 says they baptized them in the name of Jesus. I, I want you to know something today. I really do believe that water baptism is a way that we declare to the world that you are mine and I am yours. It's a way to declare to the world that the old has gone and the new has come. I didn't know this till this week that in Jewish tradition, the individuals would dress in all white and place old, dirty, tattered clothes over them. And when they would go into the water to be baptized, they would take that old, dirty clothes off, and when they came out, they were all white, and they let that old, tattered clothes go down the water. Isn't that good? That when you get baptized, all things are passing away. It's a new chapter. It's, a new, it's declaring to your past that Jesus is the ultimate authority in my life. 
It's declaring to your past. It's declaring to your failures. It's declaring to your family. It's declaring to your friends that, hey, I have made a decision to go all in with Jesus. I'm going all in with Jesus. And so I want you to catch this today. On the screen behind me, I'm going to give you the opportunity just to pray in just a moment. But on the screen, you see a couple different ways that you can sign up to be baptized. And now you may be thinking, Pastor Ethan, uh, I've been baptized before, and I said this last week in Jewish tradition, they believe that you can be baptized again, that you can be in a new season, and that you've been through a divorce, or you've lost somebody, or you're in a new season of life. How many of you know you just change over time? And if you want to re be re-baptized, we would celebrate that. Maybe you've never been baptized. We would love to baptize you. In fact, this coming first Wednesday, we have a class for your children. If you're interested in teaching or having your children taught about baptism, we would love to teach them on first Wednesday this week. But just a few things. You can see, you can go online. You get uh, vibrantchurch.com forward slash baptism. You can also text. This is the easy way. Text 484848, and you can receive uh, the information to fill out. Just follow that. And, uh, and then just for today and next week, well, we won't need it next week. For today only, we have made available baptism stations in the lobby that you can, or a baptism station where you can actually fill out right there. I want to make the decision to go all in with my faith. Jesus was not ashamed to die for you. Went to the cross openly. The Bible says he was naked, stripped to nothing. And many of us are just trying to be secretive with our faith and trying to be hiding out all the time. Like we're in the secret service. We're, like many, you know, people say, I'm in the army of the Lord. Some people are in the secret service of the Lord. <laughs> I want to encourage you, let's, let's stop being in hiding. Let's go all out. Yes. Why not? Yes. It's 2021. Yes. The devil's all out. There's sins going all out. Yes. The world's going all out. Yes. Culture's going all out. What would happen if the church went all out? Yes. All the way in. Push the chips into the middle of the table and say, I'm all in on my faith. I'm all in with my prayer life. I'm all in with my worship. I'm all in with my church attendance. And the devil's not going to stop me. I'm going all in. And when I go in that water, I'm showing the world I'm all in. In closing, I recently read this story of the song, I Have Decided to follow Jesus. Have you ever heard that song, Raised in Church Well? This song was written after the death of a newly converted Christian in India. This man and his immediate family were asked to renounce, were, were actually renounced Hinduism, and they were brought before a local chief and asked to renounce Jesus Christ. And when the tribe chief found out, he had this family brought before him, ordered them to renounce their faith in Christ or face execution. And the man is quoted saying, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. The angry chief then killed the man's children, but still the man would not deny his faith. As his wife was executed, the man insisted, though no one joins me, still I will follow. And finally, as he himself was being put to death, the man proclaimed the cross before me and the world behind me. I'm all in. I'm all in. They may have a sword at my neck, but I'm all in. I don't care what the world may say. It is time, church. If I could get on my knees and beg, it is time to be all in. No more lukewarm. No more half in and half out. It is time.
the church of the living God. It is time for revival. It is time for a move of God. Let's repent. Let's get right. Let's move all in with our faith. Remain standing. I want to pray with you. I feel like I was yelling at my kids there for a minute. Oh, Jesus. Is Judah in here? <laughs> I thought a parental anointing. Eyes closed all over the room and online. If you're in this room and you want Jesus to pay for it, you want to accept that Jesus paid for your sin and you don't want to pay for yours in hell, you don't want to pay for yours in outer darkness because that's the two options you got. If you're in the room today and you say, I need to give my life to Jesus Christ right now, it's time. It's time. You've run long enough, baby. It's time. You've, you've ran long enough. You've made enough excuses. Today, in the name of Jesus, I've come with the word. It's time. It's time. It's time. If you're in the room today and that's you, or you need to rededicate your life, you've gotten way off track, and the Bible says your sin will find you out. The Bible says that sin will cause you to pay the penalty of death. So you may be saved, but sin still has recompense. It will cause you problems. And today you want to get right. I want to count to three, and I want you to raise your hand so high, and I don't want you to be ashamed. I want you to declare to heaven, I want to be saved. Are you ready? One, two, three. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. So many hands went up in this room today. Oh, my God. Heaven is rejoicing right now. Bible says heaven rejoices over one. But kingdom just looked down in Columbus, Mississippi and said, oh, my, there's that one and that one and that one and that one. Let's have a party because God is moving in Columbus, Mississippi. So I want you to pray this prayer with me. Everybody nice and loud, repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Wash me with your blood. I'm sorry for my transgressions. I'm sorry for my sinful nature. Make me new today. I believe that you died for me. And today, I decide to follow Jesus and I will know you, and you will know me. Though none go with me, I will follow. In Jesus' mighty name, if you believe it today, I believe you're saved. In church, let's just look like heaven for a minute. Let's just praise Him. Let's just shout a minute. Let's just glorify God that all things have passed away. Come on, let's worship all over the room.
Are you ready, church? Are you turning back? I said, are you turning back? Are you going to be distracted? You going to be afraid? We're the church. And like I said last week, if you were here last week, you could watch it. I was, I was on fire. But don't. I'm just joking. But last week I said, I don't know what I said now that I think of it. But watch this. It is time. It is time. Let me speak. I feel prophetic for a minute. Let me say this. It is time that we as the church are not afraid to disturb the world. We're becoming so much like them, sounding like them, talking like them, acting like them. And people say, Pastor Ethan, you shouldn't preach on hell. You shouldn't scare people into heaven. Let me tell you something. If my son was going to hell, someone better tell him. If my daughter wasn't, gonna, wasn't right with God, someone better tell her. I just want you to know that I think, it's, I think something's happening in the body of Christ where it is time for us to stop losing our, our potency. And the scripture says that I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. So I've come to tell you today, the power is coming to the church. Salvation, the Holy Spirit, the presence of God. I just want to encourage you today. The church is not dead, and the best days are ahead. If you believe it, come on, make some noise in this room today.